I made the conscious choice to show up no matter what my training was, to show up and experience it and learn from it, to understand that it's a journey, an adventure instead of a goal. Running 100 miles seems impossible and maybe even kind of crazy. And it is, but we believe in big crazy dreams. That's why we ran 100 miles. It was such a life-changing experience for us, we decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race. Are you ready to feel the highest highs and the lowest lows? Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your trail to 100? Thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100, the podcast made to help you finish your first 100-mile race. My name is Jacob Bateman, and joined along with me is my beautiful and lovely wife, Melody. And today is our special guest. We have Joe Nevshamal. Now, Joe did something amazing. He ran 100 miles, guys. But... Not only did he run 100 miles, he ran 100 miles when there was a lot of personal turmoil going on with him and the people that he loved. And he was able to still accomplish this amazing goal when when things around him just seemed overwhelming. And I just think that that is amazing that Joe was able to do this because uh, it's so easy to get lost in our problems and, and to believe that, I don't know, like for me, it's when, when, when stuff like that happens, like that running almost is the first thing to go, but he just made the decision. And he says this in the podcast that he was going to just show up at the start line and experience it and learn from it. And I think that's amazing. What a great mindset that we all need to have in order to just get to the start line because we're all going to experience crazy stuff happen in our training. We're not going to have the perfect training cycle, but we can still run 100 miles, guys. And Joe is the perfect example of that. So I'll just stop talking and let's hear from Joe and how he did it. All right, Joe. Well, we are excited to dive into your story and hear how you finished your first 100-mile race. So welcome to Trail to 100, where we are so grateful to have you on the show today. Yeah, it's, it's awesome to be here. I, I listen to you guys all the time, and I listen to the five, the six pillars, and uh, I just love that you're willing to hear my story. Oh, well, we, we are pumped about we've it. We've been so, looking forward to this podcast for sure. Yeah, and we've we've had some technical <laughs> difficulties in making it happen, That's, but here yeah. we are. <laughs> it's just like an ultra. Something's going to go wrong, but you can <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So, Stay positive, you know, yeah, problem solving. Exactly. You can relate anything to ultra and even podcasting. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. So, Joe... Where did the desire and drive to run a hundred miles even start for you? Oh, I mean, I, I got into running initially just because somebody at a tech company that I worked for challenged me to a marathon, and I'm like, okay, let's do this. I was already training for doing a relay, and eight weeks later, we did the marathon, and I trained, and I ended up beating him by about forty minutes. <laughs> and it was like this eye-opening, awesome experience. Like, oh my gosh, I might actually be good at this, and this is fun. So, 
from there, I just got into trail running and I've been doing a lot of like 50 Ks and a 50 mile. And I talked to my friends at the, at the run group and I'm like, actually, I signed up with a friend from run group to do this 100 mile together. And then she got injured. So I ended up being alone. Oh, no. <laughs> and I ended up having to do it myself. It's just something that I've always wanted to do. And just sounds like an epic adventure so i thought yeah. i'd try it out we asked you some questions before the interview through email and you talked about how you got challenged you ran that marathon and you were you're, you're actually dang you said some of your times you ran a marathon in three hours and four minutes woo wee that's amazing i went out uh, i went out and ran 10 miles today in three hours and four minutes so <laughs> <laughs> huge that difference between a trail and a marathon yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. right yeah yeah <laughs> But you talked about how there was actually a big break in your running between uh, you had your first initial stint and then a second stint where they was, it sounded like years you went where you really didn't run much from what my, I understood. Yeah. That, yeah. No, I, I have, I have three kids. So in about 2014, my third was born. He's now seven. And that kind of could put the kibosh on you know, any kind of free time. <laughs> so there was a lot of time where, you know, where uh, I would be taking care of him either from like 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. so that my, my yeah. partner could get rest. Mm. And then I would go to work at 7.30, you know, so you had four hours of sleep. So there was no space to run. It was hard. Yeah. But so uh, how as he got older, things changed. But go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get, how did that love get reignited after years of stepping away? Oh, I mean, it was always there. It didn't go away. I, I caught the, the bug and it persisted. And I was able to squeeze out runs periodically, you know, small ones and, and tried to work out and stay somewhat fit. So I was able to keep the desire. It just the opportunity wasn't there until he was about four. And then I started getting back into it. And then and then you you mentioned to us earlier about how you found a a ultra running camp that you had decided you were going to go to. Could you tell us about that and what that was like? Yeah, you know, we were in the throes of COVID. You know, it was December of 2019. And, you know, I, I realized I just didn't know what I didn't know. You know, I, I had no idea how to do ultra running. What is good? Do you walk? Do you run? When do you rock and run? So I was reading an article that in Outside Magazine, and I read an article about Rob Carr. And, you know, he had won the Western States, I believe, in 2013 and 2014. And I was reading about that. And the article actually talks pretty honestly about his his depression and dealing with it through running. And it just spoke to me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I know what this guy is going through, you know. So I read the article. And three days later, I found the ultra camp. And I was like, I'm signing up for that. You know, I didn't care. I had some money saved up and I signed up for it. And I was so excited because it would have been in, it was in July of 2020, but you know, COVID does its magic and that was canceled. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> and then he moved it to the uh, next year. Uh, and then there were fires in Flagstaff in 2021. So that was canceled. Oh my gosh. And you know, I'm dying for knowledge and, and just that help. And so he was super nice. And he actually created a separate camp for all of us cancelees 
in September of 2021 to allow us to all come. It crammed into the other camps that he did. And that was that that was an amazing experience. Tell us about that. I'm really curious about what an ultra running camp would be like. Yeah, I, I had no idea what I was getting into. He's a super wonderful person. And, you know, you go down to Flagstaff, which, which is where he lives, and there's a great ultra running community there. And he would bring us out on runs and we would just run with him in some of the most beautiful places. You know, I'm from the Pacific Northwest. So to see all the red stone and those awesome canyons, it was just a surreal experience. And then the part I didn't expect was, you know, it was super personal and he would, you know, talk to you, give advice. There was only like seven people there. So it wasn't like a group of 20 or 30. Wow. And, uh, it was, you know, we would, after a run, we'd sit around and talk about just not only how to run an ultra or how many calories taken per hour, but like what it is to experience running and depression and, and how to handle it and, and what struggles we all went through. So it was a, it was pretty epic. Did he teach about how to use running as a tool for depression? I mean, yes. I mean, I, I think we, we all at some point in time, you know, struggle with, you know, depression and COVID obviously didn't help. We're all <laughs> holed up for like two and a half years and you're yeah. questioning your purpose in life, you know, because, you know, you're just stuck in your house. So he, he talked about that and how it helped him. And when he was talking about it, you know, I also realized it really helped me, you know, it kept me in a good spot in a really tough time. That sounds really, really neat and super cool that he made like a separate retreat for you guys. And it got to be a smaller, more personal experience. It was so nice. Cause you know, you didn't expect someone to just go through all the logistics of setting up a whole new one, you know, cause he had his own camps and his own stuff. So it was wonderful. How did you feel coming away from that? And what did, how did you use that to, I guess, propel you forward in both running and life? I realized I was part of a really cool community and they were just so welcoming and, it was pretty awesome. We'd have dinner at their house and just that piece, it really gave me a sense of community and friendship, which, you know, during the COVID times was really hard just to stay connected with people and, and see people, you know? Yeah. And that was one huge one. I really realized I needed to develop a community of my own because I spent a lot of miles alone in the trails, like thousands. So I came back and, and, you know, joined a running club here in my town, Walla Walla, <laughs> you know, and that was a key moment in just what I learned from them, you know, and they taught us other stuff, you know, how many calories to take in yeah. per hour and, you know, do you actually run the hills? And he's like, well, no, like if it's a huge hill, you hike it and save the energy. Uh, so I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. I thought you just had to run, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it those things I, I, I got from that were the key elements that really helped me. That sounds like an amazing experience. You're making Maybe me want to. we should do an ultra yeah, running camp. Yeah. <laughs> making me want to go to one or, or yeah. start setting one up, a trail to 100 <laughs> ultra running camp. Because I, I think... I think that's amazing, and I just I just like how you said they 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 linked the two together. They linked your personal life and and the the depression. I mean, honestly, depression is is so rampant in today's world, and and it just all links together. And ultra running can really be an outlet for that and well, a way to 
fight through it. Yeah, I feel like ultra running, it's like a lifestyle. Like you mentioned uh, the community, and I feel like not only is it a good way to just get outside, get those endorphins going, but you also, you know, you make the friends. And I feel like you create this lifestyle of healthy living and exercising every day. And then I feel like what comes along with that is you're drinking more water and you're eating better food and you're forced to sleep better because if you don't sleep well, you're not going to get a good run in the next day. It's just a healthy (laughs) lifestyle until you become so completely obsessed over it. (laughs) It it takes over everything. Right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I had a doctor previous to my current doctor who was like, you're insane and you're going to injure yourself. And this is a terrible idea. And I'm like, you know, if I die on a trail, that that's okay with me. <laughs> You're like, at least I'm going out the in a way that makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. So I, I do right, have one yeah, question. Uh, you mentioned how like training for this hundred, it was a really good way to combat some hard things that you were going through. And I want to backtrack a little bit to the few years where you weren't able to run. Did you struggle mentally in those years when you were not able to run or were you able to find other outlets? <sighs> I mean, that was a real struggle. You know, in, you know, 2014, I was prime condition. I I was running 35 miles in four hours on, you know, flat. I was running marathons in three hours flat. And then, you know, you lose all that. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, like, how much work is it going to take just to get back to where I was, you know? And that's that's really a big mind game that you have to manage. And... And so during that time, you know, not only was I struggling with the fact that I, I couldn't run a lot and, and, you know, family pressures and COVID and, and working full time, you know, you have your own interpersonal challenges in your relationship with my partner. And, you know, COVID was not nice. You know, a lot of people turn to things to cope. And, you know, in my story, it was alcohol and alcohol really, you know, broke apart a relationship. And, you know, you think you got it healed, but there's still those deep wounds from it. And, you know, with COVID, everybody was in and alcohol was there and available. And so during that time, there was that struggle, too, which really made things hard. For sure. That would make things really yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. How do you decide then at this? Because it sounds like life is extremely tough for you at this point. You know, and then you you, yeah. you sign up for this camp. The camp's canceled. You finally go to the camp in 2021. How do you then decide? Because I know, I know for me, I oftentimes, if there's a ton of crap going on in my life, I will use it as an excuse to 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 not do something. And sometimes it is justified. You know, I mean, everything's situational. How did you decide with all this going on? in your personal life that you wanted to do a hundred miles in the midst of this big fire that you're in. <laughs> the hundred mile happened here in June, you know, June, 2023. So I, I just started signing up for, you know, 50 K's and, and races which were in beautiful places and, you know, heck and high water. I was just going to do, them. you know, um, my training at that point was haphazard, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. You know, there were times where I didn't run for a week and a half, and, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then you'd run maybe a 20-mile week and then a 40-mile week, and then life would happen again in 10 miles or three and maybe 50. Um, so 
it was a really up and down experience. And what I finally just said to myself is I just got to show up at the start line, you know, and just experience it and learn from it. That was the changer. Sorry, pardon me. <laughs> oh, you're you're allowed to uh, cry. Like we were saying, there's been lots of tears shed on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I made the conscious choice to show up no matter what my training was, to show up and experience it and learn from it, to understand that it's a journey, an adventure instead of a goal. And that's that's what I, really helped me because I would show up and I would surprise myself. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> I finished that. Strangely enough, I, I have yet to DNF a race. You know, that's going to be a very depressing thing. But in 10 races or so here, I've not not stopped. So, you know, I'm, I'm proud of that, but I'm also scared. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> right. The longer the yeah. street goes, the more, the more, more pressure. The right. Goes. Yeah. I don't want it to turn into a thing. I, I can sense how showing up was difficult for you, but you did it anyways. And, and I can feel how much you've learned and how much you've grown through these experiences of just showing up and, and doing these races. And I just, I'm like, wow, that's the power of running. That's the power of running and, and showing up for yourself and doing hard things. Yeah. I just think that's beautiful. Was there, was there ever a moment where you, you nearly didn't show up or chose not to sh show up where you wondered like, can I really do this? Am I in the state to do this? Or had you just committed from the beginning and you just knew no matter what you were showing up? No, emotions are funny, right? You know, they, yeah. they well up and they're like, hey, you're not going to do this. You're not going to be able to do this, you know, and you, you fight that demon, you know, for days and hope you mitigate it and defeat it and you get out there. But then it comes back, you know, it's uh, it's never a thing where you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm committed. And I'm good. It's like yeah. an everyday battle sometimes. The race that I did, which is an awesome, awesome race, it was the Volcanic 50K where you run around Mount St. Helens. Cool. And I did not know if I was prepared for that. You know, and you're reading on it, and it goes, this race is as hard, if not harder, than a 50 mile. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> my gosh. Um, you know, I didn't think I was going to be able to do that. You know, so much vert in the terrain. But I showed up, and... I did it. It was, you know, most people did it in like five, six, seven hours, and I Ooh. scraped in there at almost 10. <laughs> okay, which is still pretty impressive. For... But it was, the place was like almost religious in the, in the idea of how beautiful it was and how much the terrain changed and the story of Mount St. Helens. And I learned so much on that run and saw so many great things and, and developed so many friends from that. You know, you're running along and you're dying and this guy's like, Hey, do you want to run with me? And you're like, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Can you be my friend for the next five miles? And he's like, sure. You know, cause you were struggling. Those people became really good friends from that point on. I feel like during a race when someone's like, Hey, want to run with me? It's the same question as, Hey, want to be best friends for life? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> So be prepared if you guys see Melody out on a race, if you ask her to run with you. Hey, that's that's every runner. <laughs> yeah. That you create a bond. <laughs> you do create a bond out there. So how did training go for you? What were some things you were focusing on as you got ready for your first 100-mile race? Was there an aspect that was concerning you more than other aspects? How did you make your overall training plan and execute it. Yeah. The, in 2022 at the beginning, you know, I, I've had the camp now and I feel that I'm educated and uh -huh. I didn't know about you guys yet. You guys educated me, you know, 
three weeks before my hundred. So <laughs> I was glad I was able to listen to it, but I started implementing a kind of a muscle strength training, mobility training and running program. You know, I realized I can't do 70, 80 mile weeks a lot and I needed to find a different way. And, you know, I've been injured before from overrunning. So I actually joined a, a CrossFit gym here in, in June of 2022 and just that was my strength training. It was great to be able to show up and they just told you what to do. You know, I mm-hmm. hate going into a gym and being like, I'm going to lift this weight and not look foolish, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was nice to that. And this, you know, the the gym here at DCF in Walla Walla, a Destination CrossFit, just helped me with all of the muscle and strength and mobility that I realized I didn't have. My program was really just go, you know, four to six times a week for muscle strength and, and mobility training, and then run anywhere from 20 to 60 miles. And I would do it really early in the morning or really late in the day. And, and you know, the boys would be in bed or I'd get up before they were awake. And then I'd do CrossFit at noon. So CrossFit was like during a lunch break? Yeah. So I, I work remote. So block out my, my lunch on my calendar so no one can take that time. And, you know, I, I really learned also just you know, with the ultra running camp is to take time for yourself. You know, sometimes you can get wrapped up in work and just work, 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 or not oh, focus yeah. on yourself. Yeah. Um, so it was a big thing for me just to block out that section on my calendar and, and say, okay, this is mine and I'm not letting meetings happen. And that was yeah. really helpful. Oh, that's huge. I love that. I'm so passionate about that. And I wish everyone could work from home and kind of choose their own schedule. Because <laughs> I, I feel like that's just nice and it's efficient to be able to, you know, yeah. do what works best for you. Just the whole you doing your strength training at lunchtime, you know, like finding getting a little bit creative, you know, to 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 say, hey, this is when the strength's happening. Because I've had a I think I've said this on the podcast before. I figured out like when I was training for my first hundred, I could do a quick little 20 minute body weight workout during my 30 minute lunch, you know, like I could do that first and then I still had 10 minutes to eat and I'm I'm ready, you know? So like sometimes like, cause like you said, time is often your biggest enemy to really training for a hundred miles. That's what people, why people don't go after it is time a lot of the time. And (laughs) And so, yeah, getting creative, finding that time to, to fit 20, 30 minutes or an hour, or also, I think also making a time sacred, you know, treating it like a meeting, like this is when I get to work out. I think people get really overwhelmed by this huge block of time of, you know, running for an hour and then you got to come home and then you lift for an hour and then you stretch for 20 minutes and then. And not, you know, that doesn't include like getting up, getting ready, putting on your workout clothes and then showering and getting ready for the day. Then you got to get breakfast. And, and then all of a sudden you're blocking out like five hours every single morning to get your workout in. And who has time for a five hour morning routine, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, so I think that's, that's good to, to point out is, you know, breaking it up and just fitting it in wherever you can. Yeah. So Joe. You've got to tell us now, how did this race go? How did you feel when you 
got yeah. to that point where because you told yourself just show up at the start line and experience and learn yeah. from it. That that was your quote. I love that quote. That needs to be on a T-shirt. Just show up at the start line and experience <laughs> it. It's going to be on our future Trailer 100 T-shirt line, by the way. Anyways. There we go. Yeah. yeah. I'll be the first one to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're collecting uh, all the quotes. So how did that feel when you finally got to that start line and you were there? I mean, before we jump to that, I need to give credit to that quote where credit's due. My friend Anastasia, who's part of the running group, you know, she said to me, you know, you're just showing up at the start line. That's more than almost anybody does. And that's a win in itself. So I have to give her credit for that. I, I don't yeah. want to take it. So she was the person who said that to me, which was pretty profound. But yeah, the, the, the start of it, you know, I was listening to, to your podcast. And one of the I just want to put this in here. One of the big things was soup. <laughs> so you brought up soup. <laughs> and how it's this magical like ambrosia for like the run and yeah. it has everything <laughs> in it. So after I listened to that, I'm like, okay. So I made a ton of noodle of vegetable <laughs> soup. <Yes>. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, or some carrots and, and, and you know, mushrooms and a lot of egg noodles and broth and just made a huge bucket of it. And what I didn't realize, though, is that thing was my saving grace. And we'll talk about that. But so, yeah, showing up at the start line, you know, you get there and got a great group of people with you from the running group that were supporting me, which was uh, so honoring that they drove four hours (laughs) to spend 24 hours awake um, for me. And uh, yeah, sitting at the start line, you know, there's that energy and you're excited and you're panicked a little bit. Like, what am I doing? You know, this is going to be 24 hours of going. And then you just take the first step and you go. That was really exhilarating and a lot of fun. The cool thing about this ultra is that the first step after a couple hundred yards, you run through a 2.3 mile train tunnel. <laughs> so Whoa. it's like this cool. epic, big, huge tunnel that trains used to go through that you're now running through and you know, there's water dripping from the ceiling and you've got a hundred some people with headlamps running with you. Wow. It was a great start to a race. That's amazing. And also oh, sounds man. a little bit scary. <laughs> yeah. That's a long tunnel. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. At what point in the race did things start to get hard? Oh, you know, the, the race is a, is a slow downhill to about mile 21, and then you come back up the hill, and then you just go up that hill for like 40-some miles. So oh, That's rude. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's a slow little hill, but it's there. So I, I ran down, and I made the mistake I think that everyone does is you get really, really excited, and, and you're fresh, and you're thinking you can, you know, you're going to win this. You know, you're thinking your brain, I got this. So I ran my fastest 50 K I've ever ran the first <laughs> oh 30 gosh. some miles. That's and that was so a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't, didn't derail everything, but it, you realize you need to stick to your plan a little bit better, but you know, the slow <laughs> downhill was so enamoring. You're like, Oh, I can just do this. That would be uh, So I got down to yeah. 21 and, and came back and um, I was coming back up and, I hit mile 32 and I was feeling pretty good. And then there's a 13 mile space between mile 32 and the next aid station. And during that time, 
as the sun was coming up and it was getting hotter, it was that was the worst time. You know, about mile 38, and you're still on this hill, and it just starts being difficult. When it started to get hard, did you start to doubt yourself? Or did you not quite get that far? Or did it become a mind game at that yeah, point? What starts going through your head? It started to be a mind game. You know, the, the, the little shoulder demons start popping up going, you know, you've got to do this for three more marathons. What are you doing? And you start giving in a little bit to it. But, you know, some of the stuff on your on your podcast about mindset where you've got to be positive and you got to know that there's going to be problems, you know, and you've got to face them and try to work through them, have a problem-solving mindset instead of just a panic or worry. So I had to practice that through that whole section of those 13 miles. There were times where, like, I should just DNF here. This is insane. It was getting through those 13 miles and finally seeing my crew and seeing that aid station was a huge <laughs> uplifting moment. So when you saw your crew in your aid station, what mile is this now? It was about... 40, 44. Were you still feeling like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to finish this? Or were you just like just taking it one step at a time sort of mindset? At that point, I was still a little bit shaky in that I didn't know if I would be able to do it. You know, coming into the aid station, though, you get this welling of like just happiness to see people. Yeah. And rolling in and they're like, here's all your stuff. And, and, you know, here's this and this, and you're just, all you had to do was sit down and eat and drink. And they were just helping you out. That really helped the mental state. So do you feel like after that aid station, you were recharged enough to keep going? Yeah, they pushed me. I think just seeing them and being able to, to push through there, I was able to continue. And then once I hit mile 50, right after the aid station, something clicked, something changed. I think it's just a mathematical thing and that I'm beyond the halfway point. And once you once I hit that point, it was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm beyond half. I, I think I can do this, and, and that was the a big mindset change. Where the rest of the race, I felt I had my lows, but I think I said I can do this. That's great. So, how was it running through the night for the first time? Well, I, I've ran through the night. I did a backyard ultra in September of 2022 which gave me the confidence I thought that I could maybe do 100. I forgot to mention that. And so running through the night there, I actually love running at night. So it was just it was fun to have a headlamp and just go. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Not very many people have that experience running through the night, especially on their first 100. <laughs> so when did you know, like in your head for sure, like you're like, I'm finishing this. I am going to be a 100-mile finisher. Yeah. So at that point, I was like, I'm finishing this. And yeah, so mile 50 I was had it. 51. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do this. I can do this. And there's going to be lots of problems going forward. And there was about at the next aid station, too. There was a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> and what was that? At that point, I, I took a bite of this... Um, quesadilla filled with avocado because it sounded refreshing and good and you know and chewing it just promoted a gag reflex in my body and i couldn't i couldn't swallow it and uh, i couldn't swallow any real hard food from peanut butter and jellies to anything so enrolled the soup <laughs> yes <laughs> so i yeah i ran the last you know 40 three some miles, give or take on liquid ish, you know, soup and some liquid gels and 
some gummies and things that were more easily down. It was just something with the texture. My, my stomach was fine, but it was just getting it down. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's the secret to ultras is soup. Yeah. It really is. And anytime we have volunteered at an ultra, it's runners always come through and it's always the soup. That's the first thing to go. Everyone wants the soup. Especially if it's in the second half of the race. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the finish, Joe. How did that go? It was about six o'clock in the morning. You know, I, I got through the night and the sun came up, you know, and that's a moment, a great moment. Cause you're like, okay, all right, I can do this. My friend was running with me. And I kept asking him, like, how far do I need to go? And he's like, oh, we've ran 2.5 miles. I was like, no, I just need to know how far. Because now I realized I could actually do this in less than 24 hours. And wow. I was at about 23 miles, or I was at 23 hours, and there was about seven, eight miles left. And I was like, okay, I got I to gotta push through this. So I was not, about five miles left, excuse me. And so I was like, okay, I got to push it. So I, I pushed it the last did put everything on the table and was able to finish under under 24. And this ultra, the Yeti Washington 100 endurance race, the race director is at the end and he gives a hug to everybody. So there's a video of it too. And it, you just roll in and he just gives you a hug and gives you your, your special buckle because you finished in 24 hours or less. Wow. Uh, and that was, it was a crazy moment. I, I didn't even, I, I couldn't imagine that I was, 23 hours of running and it was I was still up and standing that is amazing tell us about the emotions you felt when you crossed that finish line gave him a hug got your got your buckle how were you feeling I you know races when you end involve some crying usually <laughs> <laughs> so that one had both you know tons of joy a, a large amount of just like appreciation and thankfulness for the people for my crew that was there and a certain amount of just almost out of body amazement where you're looking down at yourself almost out of body like wow i, I that that's it i did it I, I can't believe that it's such a hard thing to describe isn't it when you finish and i think an out of body experience is a great way to put it that's always how i describe my very first 50 it's like i was outside of my body watching myself mm -hmm. cross the finish line and you're right it's like a it's just a huge bundle of emotions and it's almost overwhelming. And I think that's why you cry. I think, I think crying is a combination of you're just so glad you're done. And then it's also just an emotional release because you don't really know yeah. what feelings to feel. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. It's such a huge rush of everything, you know, you, you feel accomplished and you feel powerful. So looking back, what, what did you learn about yourself? through those hundred miles you don't want to toot your own horn but i'm a tough tough human i was yeah. able to, to tough through it there were times where i'm like i'm gonna run to that shadow and then i'll walk and then i'm gonna run to that bush <laughs> and then i'm gonna walk and just chunking off tiny little pieces to make it consumable because sometimes the the large journey is too hard to comprehend i was able to show that i, I am tough and resilient and yeah it was a that was a big thing I learned. It was something I was like, I didn't think I would do it, and I was able to. That's amazing. Amen. And, with, you, and oh, you're not tooting your own horn by saying that. You're just, <laughs> say, you're just stating the facts. Exactly. Yeah. You got <laughs> to recognize one of the worst enemies you could have is negative self-talk. Mm -hmm. That's something I struggle yeah. with a lot. And, and so you do 
have to, you know, tell yourself a lot of times, like draw upon past experiences or whatever when things are really low and you're trying to get through mile 60, 70, whatever it is. Maybe it's mile 20. Things have just gone south really fast. Um, yeah. You've got to be able to talk yourself out of that negative place and not entertain those negative thoughts, you know? That's absolutely you're absolutely right. Yeah, I know it's yeah. tough. You're tough, Joe. You're tough. Yeah. Do you Thank do you feel like do you feel like you've been able to apply these lessons into your life, especially amidst kind of the trials and things that that you've mentioned? Yeah, that's actually that hits pretty close to home. I mean, in that you know the trials that I was going through, you know, starting back in early May, you know, as I mentioned. You know, COVID was really difficult and, and alcohol made everything worse. And sometimes personal relationships just don't survive that. And, you know, that's what happened to me is my partner and I, you know, come May, middle May, actually Mother's Day, we, she came to me and told me mm. that, you know, it was over. And, you know, and at that point in time, you know, I, in my running world, I was super tough, but in my, personal world with all the stuff going on and all the things you're having to deal with. Yeah, I was not. That was the big advice that I got from a friend was like, just start applying your running mindset to your life and, you know, work through these things. Take small little bites. Don't try to look at the big picture because one of the things uh, was looking at the long, his long future and being like, it's overwhelming. Um, there's so much to do. There's so many problems. Um, so just take little bites is, was able to help me a lot. And uh, over the last two months of going through this, you know, going through divorce and, and, and with kids and supporting them and making sure that they're safe and awesome. And sometimes you just got to take little bites out of life and you can't look too far down the road. For sure. I love how we can apply the lessons we learn in ultra running to life. And I also just want to give you kudos for doing what you did, running this 100-mile race, doing it as well as you did, even in in the midst of that. I feel like, because we talked about the mental game, and that, that just adds a whole new dynamic. So so you're not only tough physically, but you're very, very tough mentally and emotionally. I, I appreciate that. There are days where you don't believe that. Just as you said, dude, you're just like, negative self-talk is a pretty pretty big monster sometimes and you just have to quiet it up and quiet it up by working through the feeling experiencing the feeling but then don't feeding the feeling with continual yeah. negative talk exactly i love it joe powerful stuff yes what did your boys think of you running 100 miles they didn't really understand it conceptually until i told them that you know that we go to this place near us which is tri cities which is about 50 some miles away you know, it's a bigger city for lots of fun stuff, and then we drive back. And they didn't really conceptualize it till I said, it's like Dad running to Tri-Cities and back. And at that moment, they both, all three of them were like, whoa, what is going on? You are insane. <laughs> and so they were just really just blown away by that, you know. It was, and that was, that was that neat moment. And I texted them during, during the run. And, you know, they were responding and cheering me on and laughing about it. So it was it was fun. What a what a good way to be an example to your kids. That's something that motivates me is being an example to our kids one day and and just, yeah, showing them that we can do hard things. Yeah. And they were really they really inspired by it. And it's good to see their little faces and, and 
have them be excited about this and, and wanting to do more physical activity. That was the one thing that came from it. Joe, you have an Instagram account and you started it. It's called a personal epic adventures, ultra running. Tell us about like yeah. why you started this Insta Instagram account and what it, what it means. I mean, for me, I started that just because I've always wanted to start something like that. And I also wanted to tell people that it is about the journey. I mean, one of the things that I suffered from pretty hard was decision paralysis in my life. You know, being able to make the decision because every, you were holding so many things up that you would say, if I make this big decision, then I would look at all the things in the future, which would tell me, don't do it. You know what I mean? And so I really needed to just switch my mindset and go, okay, this is a journey. Let's pick personal adventures and just do them, you know, and, and not worry about so much the, the goal, but the actual um, process. I created that just to inspire people, but there's people at CrossFit that came to me and went, this is awesome. I'm so inspired now just to do something more physical because of it. And that's kind of what I want to push forward. I feel like big accomplishments like that are contagious. So for our listeners out there, it's called at, it's at PEA ultra running, correct? On Instagram. Yeah. And it's called PU just because I like the idea of it, you know, stinking and being awesome though, because you get done with this thing <laughs> and you don't have to be great. You don't have to be awesome. You just got to show up at the start line and you know, and that's what you need to do. I love, I love it. it. And that will be linked in the show notes yeah. for anyone who wants to check it out. Yeah. Our last yeah. question for you, Joe, before we let you go, we ask every single one of our guests this. What is your top piece of advice for someone who is signed up and going to run 100 miles for the first time? The biggest one for me is friends and community. You can't do this thing. You can but man, those people are hardcore. <laughs> the guy that runs a hundred mile with no crew is they're ama they're amazing. So friends, community, and just do that and make sure to have that run with people and experience life with them. And that's, that's key for me. I love that point. I relate to your story in a lot of aspects, Joe, I've negative self-talk mm -hmm. is, is a big enemy of mine. And I have spent lots of miles alone on my own too. Lots of miles here my first few years of, yeah. of ultra running. And and I like how you talk about enjoying the journey. And like recently, I've this past year, I've been getting out more with the community and running more with other people. Because we don't run together Yeah, <laughs> because me and Melody have spent a lot of miles together, but she's, yeah. she's not, not as capable right now. That's all right. She's making a baby. But yeah, like <laughs> friends is just huge. Friends is... Friends, like it's it, it can make the it makes the journey more fun. Like you talk about enjoying the journey, you know, every journey is oh, more yeah. fun if you have someone to share it with, right? Totally, yeah. I like how you said experience life with them, because I I feel like you do you kind of experience all the emotions on a run, and I feel like running through the mountains like that that is how you really experience life. I was just gonna reinforce what you said was you meet people you never thought you would meet and they show you strengths that you're like, wow, that is awesome. And you rise up to the people that you run with. And so, you know, they teach you things that you would have never known. Just like I didn't know anything, uh, you know, a lot about like mindset and nutrition until I listened to your podcasts and 
those really help me. You also learn a ton from the people around you. Amen. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. We have really appreciated you just being so open and sharing your experience of how you accomplished your first hundred miles and congrats on that. It's, it's amazing. And I have mad respect for you doing it amidst what could seem as crumbling down (laughs) around you. And here you go, yeah. still still tow that start line, and not only tow the start line, but finish it. That's so. pure inspiration yeah. right there. Thank you. Thank you very much. I I just appreciate you guys responding. I didn't even think you guys would respond, and suddenly you responded and wanted to hear my story. I'm like, this is the coolest thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thought the same thing and, when you reached out, yeah. so... <laughs> And it, it just, it makes us happy as you talk about like, you know, the pillars of ultra running that we did and that those episodes helped you like that, that oh, really yeah. warms my heart. It's all worth it knowing it helped yes. at least one person. Yes. Cause sometimes, oh, you know, yeah. these podcasts can be a lot of hours of labor and you for, you know, basically nothing, you know, financially. But when you hear that, when I hear that you benefited from those episodes, it's just, it, we, makes we, it all worth it. We appreciate you letting yeah. us know that because it does, it makes it worth it for us. So thanks. Thanks for that. Just to add one last thing without the podcast talking about soup, I probably would have DNF'd at like 57. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Moral of the story <sighs> soup. 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 That's what we'll title uh, the podcast soup. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> there we go. all right well joe thank you so much we appreciate your time and coming on today yeah thank you so much thank you everyone so big thank you goes out to joe for sharing his story with us and being so open and congrats to him on finishing that his first hundred mile race even with you know all that all that crap going on all around him Super impressive. Super impressive. Very impressive. Very impressive. So, Mel, what's your main takeaway from this episode? My takeaway was mental toughness. I feel like he really demonstrated true mental toughness. And we talk about mindset all the time on this podcast. And running 100 miles without a bunch of stuff going on at home is already a very, very hard thing. And then you add you know, some other mental health challenges on top of, you know, a lot of stressors at home. It just makes the mind game that much harder. And he was able to push through all of that and prove to himself that he is tough and he can do hard things. And I just thought that was so inspirational. And as I feel like we all have struggled here, you know, I've opened up a tiny bit about some mental health struggles that I've had in this podcast. And I just think about all the times where I just wasn't in it mentally and I, I didn't do it. Like, honestly, like when you signed up for the U 100, I didn't because my mind just wasn't there. I just mentally wasn't ready. And sometimes it is justifiable. You have to manage the stressors in your life and, and ultimately it's your decision. But it just taught me that you can do hard things even when when you're struggling mentally and emotionally, that's something that you can, you can push through. Yeah. And to go along with that, I liked how he just, he just said, just show up at the start line and experience it, you know, just show up. Oh yeah. And, and he was like, no matter how training went, you know, I signed up for this, no matter how training goes or whatever else is going on, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to experience it. 
and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And yeah. Sometimes that's the best mindset you can have. For sure. And, and I know I've said this before. Something my dad always taught me growing up was 90% of success is just showing up. Yes, it is. You've won a battle by just showing up. Exactly. And, and like he said, he surprised himself a lot of times. He showed up and he was like, whoa, I actually didn't do too bad. And even with this hundred, he showed up, he was scared, but he did it in under 24 hours and surprised himself. So you never know what's going to happen, but it's not going to happen if you don't show up. I really liked him just talking about running with people. And and it was just, this is something that I've been doing more lately. I've made a great friend and Ryan head, you know, former guest guest of the podcast. I've been running with him weekly and, and I already feel like a really strong bond with him. And as we go out for runs and it's, and I like why he says, you know, it's a journey. Like don't just train for the hundred mile race train for that week you know experience train for that day experience that day enjoy that day do whatever you can to make that day you know part of the whole experience we're not we're not just experiencing 100 miles once you're experiencing the whole training plan and and that's something that i even found you know i've been sl- trying to get better at that through the years of just you got to make your training plan fun still oh know? yeah and you got to whether that means doing it with people, whether that means running different areas, exploring new areas, you've got to figure out a, a way to still keep it, keep it fun and adventurous, make it a journey. Well, know? and look at it as a gift. It is a gift to be yeah. able to get outside and run every day. If you have an able body and mind to be able to do that and get out in nature, that is a gift. Yes, it is. Very much so. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. And once again, a big shout out to Joe for sharing his story. And just a reminder for you all, we have a website up, trailto100.com, where we have our coaching on there. We have some free download programs on there. We got swag. We got shirts and stickers on there. So go Check it out, trailto100.com. Everything you purchase, whether that's through a coaching plan or just a sticker, goes back into the podcast to help continue to grow and develop this content so we can keep helping others, just like Joe, finish their first 100-mile race. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks for your support. And remember, guys, if you want to run 100 miles, make make it it happen. guys super exciting news pine tree running is now trail to 100 coaching and jacob is officially a coach that's right so if you're ready to take the next step in your training and run that race you've always wanted to run we would be honored to help guide you on your ultra running journey at trail to 100 coaching you'll receive a custom running plan with strength training options constant communication with your coach And you'll be connected with other runners like you who are also on their Trail to 100. If you want to learn more, check out our website, trailto100.com. Please feel free to contact us with any questions you have. If you want to run 100 miles, make make it happen. happen.